As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. More robots. I'm here with my buddy, and Seven the Legend, the man with all the answers to all the nitty gritty details in the lore. I'm setting you up for failure right here. Um, but I, f- I feel like today's episode, you're going to have a lot to say. I normally do. Uh, normally do. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's rare that we have an episode where, where there's a topic and you're like, well, I don't really have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say I, I am kind of a fan of the series. I, I normally have an opinion bit, on things. A little bit, a little bit. Well, it, more than a fan of the series, you're somebody who uh, it means like there's one thing to be a fan of the series. I'm a fan of the series. I like to play the games, but I like to play lots of games. I'm a fan of lots of series. This is for you, your like bread and butter. This is like there's something about the way this is written and the experience of playing it that fundamentally affects you on a very, very deep level, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, something about Mass Effect was just like instant connection. If it yeah. were a person, I would say that I'm in love with Matt. Well, I, I am in love with you Mass have, Effect. You have an affection for it, a, a, a deep, a it, it has moved affection. you, a massive affection. It has moved <laughs> you deeply. Um, well, speaking of moving deeply, some people are moved deeply by uh, Caden. That's today's topic. As, as, uh, well, you had to, in order to tweet this out, you had to look up a Caden picture and had to work your way through some sexy Caden pictures that you were not going to share, although I definitely told you to do. Um, But I think (laughs) that it is some attestment to that, right? Oh, yeah. There is a certain um, love, and I would call it a rabid love in some instances for uh, (laughs) Caden Alenko that... To give you an idea, I I just Googled Kate and Alenko to find a, a photo of him so that I could tweet out the notification that we were going live. And there were like immediately two or three shirtless photos of Caden. <laughs> right, right. Not not all of them actually from the game. 
Yeah, like some fan of them art. Just, and, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so, and I've been on Mass Effect Twitter. I see, I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> so <laughs> so I've, I've seen that. But, you know, we've discussed biotics now and we're getting into characters again and we're talking about Caden Alinko. So, as you can see, you know, we went from weapons to Ashley and now from biotics to Caden. And I think, you know, our listeners are probably getting a grasp of how I'm structuring these episodes and alternating between relevant topics. You're giving away all your secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's a little <laughs> inside baseball right there. Uh -huh. um, but the, bio the biotics episode was kind of a perfect sequitur into Caden um, because so much of his identity is based around being this broken but powerful biotic hero of virtue. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. it, it's he's very much, you know, uh, a biotic the paladin. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. And th this is not in the show notes. That just like came to mind as we were both thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, he's the paladin of the series. I, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, let's let's start with the basics. Number one, he's Canadian. Obviously a paladin <laughs> then. <laughs> very, very paladin. -like. Very polite. Yes, he is. He is very polite and, and mild mannered most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he likes beef, beer, and bacon. The three B's. We know this from the <laughs> Citadel DLC. And uh, the, the three things. Uh, side note here, guys. Pers on a personal note, I have not been able to stream as much this week because I I have a foot injury, and I've had to go to the do doctor a few times on it. Chances are, and this is real personal. Chances are, I have um, gout in my big toe on my left foot. That sucks, right? It's like genetic and it's one of those things that like flares up. It's not there all the time, but it'll flare up if you eat beef, drink too much beer or bacon and some other things. <laughs> it's just ironic that this comes up in this episode. Those are three things Kaden, I can no longer enjoy. Caden is very primed for gout. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what you're telling us. Yeah. Yeah. And man, don't, yeah, don't get gout. It's genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. I wonder if gout would interfere with his biotic ability. Uh, as long as he's not like shooting, as long as he's not using like his big toe on one of his feet to like focus the energy, like that's his move as we talked about previously to like focus. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see it. Yeah, they, they, they do the Tai Chi poses sometimes involve biotic mm -hmm. kicks. Yeah, which we know. No Kate pointed toes. Of, oh, that would, oh, I'm no. just thinking about that right now. Oh, man. Well, he, he turned he, he mentions the beef, beer and bacon because of the Citadel DLC. And he also tells us that he learned to cook for himself out of necessity, because you remember, like we talked about during the Bionics episode, they need more calories than the average person. Well, beef, beer and bacon is pretty good for extra calories. Yeah. All very, very, very heavy in calories. So about his personality, uh, just to kind of start. Caden has got a very reserved demeanor and the, the player can get him to open up the more you befriend him. But regardless, he conducts himself in this stereotypical naval officer kind of way, this professional straight laced. But he, he will tell you what he thinks, but he'll code it in a very tactful way most of the time. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Veterans listening to this podcast probably know someone they served with who is similar to Caden. That makes sense. It's just so it's so stereotypical military officer kind of right. uh, interaction. Very careful with, with your words. Still going to tell you what they think, but very careful about the way they deliver it. Yeah, and that way he is the opposite of Jack. <laughs> yeah, yes. And well, there are a few characters that are just like, "Wow, here's exactly what I think." Wah, doesn't Rex. matter. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> He's the polar opposite of Rex. Right. Yeah, right. you can tell he bites his tongue a lot in the name of dignity and respect. 
And if this were in a medieval period piece, he would definitely be a knight. Mm -hmm. Paladin again. Yes. Knight I don't know if you've been watching Paladin. House of the Dragon. I have. But yes. So for better or for worse, there were certain qualities about Caden that while I was writing this, and maybe it's because House of the Dragon is fresh on my mind, but while I was writing this, I, I thought, oh my God, Caden is a lot like Sir Kristen Cole. Oh man, that's a, there are things about Sir Kristen Cole though that I'm not so much a fan of. Yes, there, yeah. Sir Kristen Cole has certain incel qualities. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, there, okay, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I get where you're going. Yeah, at least, you know, for the first few episodes before yes. he kind of revealed yes. his true colors. Yeah, yeah. Then, then there was the whole, like, decline. Yeah, okay, we, we're not doing a, a Game of Thrones the dragon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, his, his, so his conservative disciplined mindset is, I think, a result of what he went through as an as a adolescent. Perhaps it's partially because of his familial upbringing, too, because Caden was born into an alliance family his dad having been the one who served. His mother, though, uh, was actually impacted by one of the starship crashes that we talked about last week mm. in Singapore. So she was exposed to dust form element zero, which is how Caden became a bi biotic. Uh, and thankfully, Caden was one of the lucky ones because he became biotic instead of getting a crippling disease. Mm -hmm. You get a magic baby instead of a very sad situation. <laughs> You get a magic baby instead of a, a terrible scenario. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I will uh, take the magic baby every time. <laughs> and more importantly, much of what we know about biotics, like I said last week, uh, like Brand Camp, comes from Caden's origin story. So if you're listening to this episode and you haven't yet listened to the biotics one, you may want to go back and do that first. You'll just we're going to reference a lot of stuff from it. So it'll and if you're not too familiar with biotics, it'll be a good uh, brief synopsis. So you remember how humans n need to have in utero exposure right. and only those one in 10 babies actually develop the potential for biotic use magic babies they become magic babies mm -hmm. and then and then they hit puberty and they get this implant then they go off to training mm -hmm. uh which for humans was primarily done through this company named kinetics it's the same company that was founded through research grants after the starships starship accidents that spewed ezo all over the place um and their job was to track down human biotics who maybe had the possible uh, potential of being useful right right yeah and then like jeb jeb says in chat and they become like the x-men because they go to brain camp yes, except it's like home. evil x it's like terribly run not professor xavier's school for the gifted yes it's magneto's um school for the, the talented yeah uh, yeah yeah, it's a terrible place. So Kinetics founds this thing called BAT, uh, B-A-A-T, Biotic Acclimation and Temperance Training, although Caden tells us that name doesn't last long once you're past the airlock. Uh, it is located at Jump Zero with Gagarin Station, the farthest uh, solar station from Earth that the Alliance runs, so it's right at the edge of the solar system. And it's meant to evaluate Biotic's abilities, and effectively it turned into a recruiting camp for the Alliance. And it was it was pretty, pretty messed up. You know, most biotics who were sent there were teenagers separated from their parents. Uh, and the parents were told, you know, oh, your, your child is dangerous. This is for your child's own good. Caden, mm -hmm. the way Caden explains it to us is a bunch of guys in suits show up at your door after school. Next thing you know, you're out on jump zero. 
that's pretty sketchy. That's just it. Boom, you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. a bunch of feds show up at your door and demand your child? Yeah, sure. Uh, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to go through some really, really sketchy stuff from very early on in life. I can't even imagine how traumatic that must have been. Uh, and things, I'd like to say things got better, but they didn't get better after, you know, for, for a while. Uh, the, mainly because of Brain Camp. The teaching staff at Brain Camp wasn't the best. In fact, they were downright psychopathic, uh, at least one of them. If you've read the Mass Effect Foundation comic about Caden, then you've seen just how absolutely brutal uh, his, his instructor was, Commander Vernus, a Turian ex-military mercenary that clearly hated human beings uh, because he had served in the first contact war. In fact, the very first time Vernus meets uh, Caden, this is according to Caden, by the way, but very first time he meets Caden, he says, oh, I think I killed your father. I think I shot down the ship that your father was serving on. Oof. Yeah, and that name Vernus and, is very Turian. I mean, especially the way it looks, not even the, just the yes. way it sounds. Yeah. V-Y-R-N-N-U-S. Mm -hmm. It's very, very Turian. Uh, and... So Caden retorts that, yeah, well, my father didn't actually serve in the first contact war. So <laughs> it, it just exposes how much <laughs> of an asshole Vernus is. Right. Um, and it's so bizarre, the entire situation. He's this Turian ex-military mercenary who the program has hired to teach kidnapped children how to use their biotics. Who, by the way, were not allowed to contact their family when they were at Bra Brain yeah. Camp. Oh, that uh, man! This is not a good recipe. It's terrible. It's all levels are messed up. Yeah, it's it's so it's it should have been Emily Wong, the reporter from Mass Effect One, should have been reporting on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Where was she? Although she would have been far too young. She was like in her twenties in Mass Effect One. Oh, so okay, that's where she was. But details, yeah, details. An equivalent of her should have been there. Yes, yes, and of course, you know, uh, them being kids even though they weren't allowed to contact their families on the uh, Jump Zero, they still tried. And one of the cadets tries to jury rig a communicator and Vernus finds out. So that cadet is separated from the rest and the group only sees him again when they're stopped short of eating in the cafeteria, which the water was already being rationed anyway. Uh, and then Vernus brings this whole group of cadets into a separate room where he has the one cadet who was responsible for the uh, jury rigging communicator. He has that cadet tied up to a post, beaten and half naked. Awesome. This creates good, well-balanced, adjusted adults. Yes, this is this is unit cohesion. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and if you don't like it, it's because you're a snowflake. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. And if you use that, if you use that justification, you probably are also harboring some uh, some difficulties in your past. Yeah, you got problems. Uh, <laughs> so that's the that's the nicest thing I can say about that. If you, if you think that this kind of training is cool uh, as yeah. punishment for everyone refusing to snitch on the cadet and thereby, in Vernus's words, taking training like a joke. Caden and the rest of the group are ordered to biotically lift these, like, presumably pretty heavy building block pieces that are in the center of the floor. And their task is to try to make this kind of figure or shape or puzzle. Mm -hmm. And they have to do it collectively. Like, uh, so, so like I don't know about group you. Group Yoda training. Basically, yeah, through like evil Yoda. 
Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Um, I don't know about you, but I've had sports like coaches in sports growing up who were kind of like Vernus, not nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole no pain, no gain thing taken to the extreme. Yeah. 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 I've, I've certainly had coaches like that. And I think probably some of our listeners can relate to this, at least on a little bit of a level of which I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you can relate to that, but I know that you can. Um, so they're tasked with this kind of thing. Um, one of them is that Vernus tells them they have to start over if they drop a piece or mess it up. Mm-hmm. And guess mm-hmm. who? Guess who's actively trying to get them to drop pieces and mess it up during during this exercise? <laughs> yeah, it's Vernus. Yeah, yeah. And it takes several hours, and and these cadets, because the water was rationed, as was the food, are dehydrated, they're exhausted, and they're starting to drop like flies. And including the woman that Caden is clearly in love with, named Rana. She, Caden tells us, is from a very wealthy Turkish family, uh, and she is... She's got a way with words. She's charming, but she's not not uh, a loose cannon like Caden is at this time. So Vernus targets Rana after seeing Caden saving her from dropping a piece because she's exhausted. So Vernus walks up and he offers her a glass of water. It's a trick, of course. He's making fun of her. He's taunting her. He's like, ah, you want the water? Because he's basically a fucking like Nazi. (laughs) Right, Um, right. But she's desperate. And Caden tells her not to reach for it. Well, she still does. It's too late, though. When she reaches for it, Vernus breaks her arm in a very graphic way uh, with a biotic blast. He breaks her arm. It's a compound fracture. Uh, Yeah, very graphic in in the comics. And Caden loses it. He just goes bonkers. He's like, (laughs) he, he, uh, did you ever watch, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He goes he goes super Caden. Super super say Caden. Caden? Super Caden. <laughs> um and instead of yellow energy it's blue. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Vernus does this. Caden loses it. He goes into this biotic blood rage and then he hits Vernus and Vernus pulls a knife on him. And so then Caden decides to give Vernus a biotic kick with all of his might. And and he ends up snapping his neck and killing the instructor in front of the entire classroom. Jeez. Nice. <laughs> so it's, um, it's nuts. It's, it's pretty in- insane. And everyone is like, good Lord, you killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some people get what they deserve. So here's, yeah. here's how Caden talks about how bad the brain camp was. This is from Mass Effect 1. All right, I've got, I've got this queued up here. Yep, at the right time. Listen to this. Instructor was a Turian by the name of Commander Vernus. To introduce himself, he liked to say, I was at the helm of the dreadnought that killed your father. When I told him my dad wasn't in the war, he'd retired to Vancouver. My family had an inland home that matured to New Beachfront. Vernus had it in for me after that. He cut corners, pushed hard. I mean, you either came out a Superman or a wreck. A lot of kids snapped. A few died. The point of all of this, I guess, is that when you cut corners, it's not always obvious who pays for it. So there you go. I believe that's so, the full clip that you wanted to show, right? 
I think so. I couldn't hear it. Um, oh, you can hear it. Okay. So yeah, I could not. Um, but just that's just an inkling of how bad the teaching is there, and just how protective Caden is of the people that he loves. He of course was kicked out of of brain camp for that, but it, not that it really mattered because shortly thereafter, all the revelations came about of how terrible these kids were being treated, and brain camp was shut down. Nice. Well, everything's better then, right? No more problems. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the end of Caden's story. Yeah, right. but that's no. that's clearly not the end of Caden's actual story, though, right? We see him grown up. There we see him like later on in the games. Yes. So this all took place like decades before the first Mass Effect game, but we can get into his later lore after the mid break. Sounds good. Why don't we take a break? We're going to thank our patrons, and we will be right back. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love. Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. 
All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and this is where we get to give a big shout out to our patrons for being so awesome and helping to support us and doing this and keeping the show going. We have some new patrons. Uh, actually, we have one new patron, Rocks and Socks, who signed up this last week, and Marcos P, who upgraded to tier four in order to join us on the patron episode this coming week, this this month's patron episode, which will be a week from today as we record this on Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. The new live show time is like four hours earlier than that because it works a little bit better for me and uh, Sam here because eh, we don't have to commit our entire Friday nights to everything. So so normal shows, 5 p.m. slash 2 p.m. And then patron episodes still Friday night at 9 p.m. slash 6 p.m. So come join us for that. You still have time to sign up or upgrade if you'd like to join us. We haven't decided, we haven't finalized a, a topic yet, but if you have some ideas, some things that you would like to discuss, and if you are new, because the, the patrons who join kind of cycle through a little bit, if there's a topic that we should revisit with some new patrons, don't be afraid to suggest it. We can always go back and, and revisit a patron chat, because even though it might be the same topic, we might end up with a different angle, a different way of framing it, more things to discuss than we did last time. So that's always worth doing. Another thing I wanted to note before I forget, for patrons, if you are tuning into the show and you are of the mindset, let's say this is months from now, and you're of the mindset that I need to get through all the episodes before I want to sign up on Patreon because I feel like I need to have heard everything before I can join you for a patron chat or whatever, don't feel the need to wait. You don't have to wait until you're all caught up. The longer the, the, the longer the show goes on, the longer that's going to be one of those things that's it's, it just becomes a big hurdle. And I would hate for that to get in the way of you being able to join the community and join us and do that sort of thing. So part of the reason why the Patreon is set up the way it is with even the bottom tier giving you ad free episodes is so that even if you sign up at a lower tier early, you can get through the content faster. You don't have to listen to those ads showing up in the regular episodes, any of that stuff. So just be aware, you don't have to wait till the end if that's something that you would like to do to support or to get through the content. So also we have to shout out the uh, Shepherd tier patrons and a big thanks to all 64 current patrons. We have Shepherd tier patrons, Kolka Shins, Captain Shanko, Kira C, Lieutenant Ticino, Shep Valkyrian, and William. Thank you so much for your extra support. We really do appreciate it. And uh, Sam, we got a comment this week from one of our patrons, uh, Fiona R., who said that they left us a review on Podcast Republic, which is one of those locations that I don't have an aggregator for. So if if you do leave a review on a different platform because you use a different platform for your podcasts, then just send us a message. Let us know. We'll, we'll pull it up. So Fiona writes, if you're a Mass Effect fan on overload like me, but reading the codex wraps your brain, this podcast will hit you like a concussive shot. Find unity with Tom and Sam and let them throw you onto a new level of Mass Effect fandom. That's awesome. Love all the Mass Effect puns there. That was great. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. Thank you, Fiona. And then we have one that came in on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out in the future. From Big Mike O in the U.S. who writes, might be my new favorite podcast. Five stars. As someone who loves Mass Effect, but now both works and studies full-time. Dude, adulting is hard. This is the perfect way for me to experience the story of the trilogy and still do everything I do in a day. Plus, the hosts are solid, which helps a lot. Well worth the listen. Thanks, Big Mike. Thanks for... Uh, you hear that? We're solid. That. We're solid. Although I've been told that I'm quite gaseous, so I don't know. Uh, it depends on what you eat. Um, 
but thank you to everybody who takes the time to leave ratings and reviews. Also, you can leave us ratings on Spotify. That's a big help as well. And I believe, oh, we do have one more thing to say. Big shout out to all of our subs on YouTube. We have passed a thousand subs on YouTube. We're a, we're a big boy channel now. And just moments ago, I don't know if you saw this email, but just moments mm. ago, we got an email from YouTube. We were approved. Sweet. Approved. We're approved for all the big boy stuff. So we can do all the we have all access to all the features on YouTube now, which is awesome, including ads. So if you if you want to find another way to support us watching the live videos that get recorded and put on the Mass Effect Lorecast channel, then the ads show up. We now actually get a cut of that, which is super great. So thank you to everybody that, that all of this stuff helps. So thank you so much. Um, if you haven't found that channel yet and you want to check out our stuff on there, go check it out. We, uh, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe we'll get creative and add extra stuff on there that doesn't show up in the actual podcast audio feed because it works better as a visual medium. You never know. So thank you to all of your support. We really do appreciate it. All right. Let's get on with the rest of the talk about Caden. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right. So back to Caden talk. So here's a question for you, Sam. Where does Caden go in life after the brain camp incident? Like right down the toilet, right no, down I'm the saying. toilet. I mean, I feel like there's there's probably a gap there, right? Between like brain camp incident and then when we meet him. He jumps into the wild <laughs> dark yonder. He joins uh, no, an so improv troupe. Cool. <laughs> he becomes a barista and then gets a lot of tattoos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> has some pretty traumatic stories. He gets no, a really um, good at the, like like the coffee art, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a he's a latte artist, right? But he's got his biotic um, power, so he can like sculpt it at like a molecular level. <laughs> he he enjoys his job, I'm sure. He doesn't harbor resentment whatsoever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, probably predictable. But he joins the alliance in in 2173, uh, so not too long after the brain camp incident, and he works his way up to lieutenant. This is kind of an important point here because he enlists, he enlists in the military, and then works himself up to lieutenant in the navy. That's no small feat. No, that's so he that's significant. He had to have some significant commendations along the way. And then he is ultimately assigned to the SSV Normandy under uh, Captain David Anderson at that point. And he keeps the original L2 implant that he was given back in huh. the day, which if you remember last week, we talked about how archaic these implants were and they resulted in imbalances and often led people to developing these crippling conditions. But that's why I get migraines, by the way. I went to You're brain bionic, camp yes. and I, I have one of those things and it was it was a whole thing. But yeah, I haven't got yeah, my switched out yet. Where did Caden go in life? He started the Robots Radio Network. <laughs> uh, I am Caden. I have I guess I look a little similar to him. A little if he a grew out bit. his beard. If he had a beard. Yeah. 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 Are you Canadian? No. Not okay. at all. I didn't I didn't think so. I'm about as far away from Canada as you can get in the U.S. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, that is pretty true. <laughs> it, so uh, Dr. Chakwas counts him lucky because at like all he gets are migraines because the 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 comparison is that other people like have seizures and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So. I'm not so sure he would consider himself lucky uh, and even says so to Garrus and Rex when they tell him that they'd take the extra power over an L2 
rather than the comfort and stability of an L3. Dude, suffer regular migraines and you're start you're going to start changing that opinion. <laughs> Yeah, and you'd probably change your opinion on a heartbeat. (laughs) I get migraines every now and then, and they are awful. Uh, So, yeah, I don't think that Caden considers himself lucky. But I don't know the exact events that got him forgiven for killing Vernus and back in good graces with biotic institutions or the Alliance. I'm not sure quite what happened there, but they probably just looked into the camp and were like, yeah, this was terrible. Yeah, this is this is bad all the way around. Why don't we just hush hush about it and just move on? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just give him what he wants and he won't sue us? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Although one thing is for sure, it was because he, he came back because he wanted to serve this time. Not because he was kidnapped by men in black. (laughs) Now the Um, song is in my head. (laughs) Oh no. We can't play it. We can't play it, otherwise we'll get oh. copyright infringement claims or something. I'm not going to sing um, it either, so moving on. I'm not either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep that song <clears throat> out this motherfucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, man, that is a, that is a, there's a connection there, the Will Smith. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, when when Caden reflects later on how bad Vernus was, he says something rather profound to Shepard. He, he says he notices how human aliens are, that there are jerks and saints just like us. Imagine that. Which I think it reflects how mature Caden has become and how much introspection he's put in uh, since that moment where he had the fight with with Vernus. Unlike the elusive man, he doesn't let his conflicts with Turians make him fear and hate the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that is a key, key difference. And I think it, it is an ongoing theme. And it might be part of why he hates the elusive man so much. Caden uh, really does. I mean, they, there's no love lost there whatsoever. Um, Caden seems to take real issue with any human who is too pushy and arrogant in the galactic community, uh, like aliens sometimes rightfully perceive humans to be in Mass Effect. He lets the terra firma guy on the Citadel have it in Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. and he thinks Udina doesn't act like humans should, uh, being the newcomer to the galaxy. I, so, okay, so I, I, didn't, I don't want to talk about myself a lot. But this is one of those weird things where I do have something in common with Caden here. Like the idea that like when when men do things that are overly aggressive or point to themselves too much or are particularly uh, harmful towards women, there's this thing that like clicks in. My, I'm a very, very peaceful person. There's this thing that clicks in my head that goes like, oh, no, you don't like you. No, you, you are absolutely wrong there. You know, like, uh, for example, we were driving just a side story. We're driving through a, a plaza one day to get to like staples in order to buy some like supplies for my son's like school stuff. Right. And on the sidewalk is a woman, a pregnant woman with a stroller and a baby in the stroller. And it's the summer. It's the end of the summer. It's burning hot outside. And she's waiting to cross the street to get to her car to get out of the sun. And the place was so busy and none of the cars coming towards us would stop to let her cross. And I like I almost got out of the car and walked in front of the line of cars like, are you freaking kidding me? There's a pregnant woman trying to get out of the heat like like that stuff just like people are so absorbed in their own like life and their own worries that my worries are bigger than anything else you couldn't miss her it's not like there were trees in the way like so this is an open parking lot right it was just like are you kidding anyway sorry 
had to just yeah like no i get it i get that feeling that he probably has when things like this happen and you're just like hey, no you don't that's no my wife was like you're I not think, gonna get out of the car and i was like okay fine <laughs> i think that's how i feel when when i when i see someone in, an, in a position of power who is intentionally abusing it and right. knowingly lying to people yeah yeah it's the same kind of thing and that's that's the nature of like a a man abusing his strength in a situation over somebody weaker right like those kinds of things i'm just like are you you don't pick on people who are weaker than you like yeah you punch up you don't punch down (laughs) yeah that's the thing and like and it's an added layer of messed up when people gaslight the victim sure absolutely yeah that's so, just but i could really go on, and on about that i don't know everyone's yeah. gonna call me a paladin now like, tom's a paladin. oh yeah yeah a there paladin. you go yeah. i think tom tom very well might be caden um so <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> you know what about caden what's more i think his experience with vernus is what leads him to be totally concerned about keeping his emotions in check because the one time that he lost control he killed someone mm-hmm and mm-hmm. and he knows that it probably was wrongfully so he didn't have to kill him right so now he's always in control or at least he tries to be and this is going to be a hot take but you know jumping forward to mass effect 2 when Caden runs into shepherd on horizon i think he's justified in what he says to shepherd a uh, romanced player or not you know everything he says makes sense within Caden's dutiful committed soldiers character okay so you think Shepard is in the wrong in this situation? I, I do. Uh, as kind of a refresher for the listeners, I'm talking about when Caden runs into Shepard in Mass Effect 2, the first time that Caden knows or you know faces Shepard since Shepard's death. And Caden is understandably very distraught because he thought that the commander uh, who he idolized uh, the one who he saw die is now back alive after two years and now wearing terrorist colors. Uh, so this is something that Caden's morality just can't ignore, and neither can his emotional attachment to Shepard. My only regret with that scene is Shepard's own lines. Not everything Caden says is right, but it's understandable. But Shepard's pre-programmed lines, no matter what you choose, they don't give the player an opportunity to set the record straight. Caden says, you know, two years and you never called me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was fucking dead. (laughs) I have a really good reason for that, buddy. (laughs) I have a solid alibi. But but even so, you know, I think Caden handles that situation with far more composure than the average person would. And Shepard is just way too cavalier about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's one of those things that disturbs me in games is when you can't just give the explanation that would kind of chill the situation out. And instead, it's just any whatever you choose is going to heighten the situation. doesn't matter. That kind of hits me funny because I'm like, that's not what I would say. Right. It's kind of missing the elephant in the room. And yes, um, Shepard can explain that they were being reconstructed. But but Shepard says it in this like super cavalier way, like, oh, I was busy at the bar the other day. (laughs) Yeah. Get off my butt. Like, there's a yeah. million things Shepard could have said. I was dead. You know how many people I have to contact? <laughs> right. Like, right. I'm very sorry that I haven't contacted you, but I didn't even know where to find. That's the other thing. Right. Caden. <laughs> Shepard asks the elusive man about Caden specifically. 
and can't get information on where Caden is, also asks Anderson where Caden is, can't get information because it's top secret and, and Shepard doesn't have the Alliance right. security. And that's a simple anymore. explanation. You know what? I tried. I couldn't, I couldn't get anyone to give me the information in order to find you. I'm so glad I found you right now. Boom. Right. Solved. Big hug. Whether you're a romantic hug or bro hug, doesn't matter. Big hug. Move on. Right. And there's such little emotion there anyway, romance player or not. There's there's very little emotion when Shepard, you know, like sees Caden. There's no like, oh, my God, like I'm seeing a ghost right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no Shepard running and being like, oh, my gosh, like it's just, hey, Caden, good to see you. Hey, bro. <laughs> put her there. Put her there, pal. All right. Right. Which is even more awkward from like a romantic standpoint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one thing to be like, you know, that's eh, my bro. We've, we've been in some scuffs together. You know, it's another to be like, I've got, I've got real feelings for this person. I'm seeing them again for the first time. And there's no Paragon or Renegade way to really effectively communicate for Shepard. Like, hey, I know how this looks. I know this looks really bad because we are well aware of the really crappy things that Cerberus had done in the past. Mm -hmm. And I know the first time you're seeing me, I'm wearing Cerberus colors, but I, I promise you, I'm still me. Just let me explain. There's a reason for this. Can we talk? Let's go get some yeah. coffee. I know you can sculpt the art on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's none of that. There's and and uh, I guess I get it because they had just literally been fearing for their lives in a crazy battle. Um, but you know, there are a few moments when Caden seemingly loses his characteristic tact. Uh, that was not one of them. I think that he maintained his composure pretty well. But notably, after Horizon in Mass Effect Three, so the same planet in Mass Effect Three, and he sees these abominations that Cerberus was making out of these innocent refugees. This angers Caden on some deep, deep level to the point where he says something that when I heard it the first time, I wondered if he had lost his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I could I couldn't find the clip. I searched far and wide, but I, I just couldn't narrow it down. I would have had to, like, go to this specific point in the game. Yeah. yeah but he, he says he says, quote, and I'm going to try and reenact exactly how he says it, because I remember. Oh, do it. Do it. Can you feel it, Shepard? The quickening? Lucid man better say his prayers tonight because we're coming for him. Murderous asshole. Oh, yeah. Tide is turning. I can feel it. Isn't the quickening one of those things people used to say when they were getting pregnant or something? Like an <laughs> old-timey expression? The first time I heard him say this, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Have you lost your mind? Are you about to murder everyone on the ship? Like, what is going it's on It's like he's finally right letting now? his guard down. He's just like, uh, I never say this usually, but I had a few drinks. And, uh, okay, here he goes. It's like, you know, the certain apprehension you might feel toward the quiet person in the group because you're like, <laughs> I wonder if what they're thinking about is totally fucking crazy. And uh -huh. that's why they're not talking. That's why they're so quiet. Yeah. They've learned to just to be quiet and not share <laughs> because it's yes. dangerous when they do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. And it's kind of terrifying hearing him go unhinged like that because he's normally got everything so in control and so suppressed. It's like the saying... Even the demons are afraid when a good man goes to war, you know, mm -hmm. but it, but it's also a symbol of his internal battle, I think, between his own emotions and his rationa rationality and his duty. Uh, so I, I think he struggles a lot with with Shepard's ties to Cerberus and constantly Cerberus is the one thing 
that can really set him off. And uh, it's an ongoing theme and, and, and one that I think tugs at the very core of who Caden is. He can forgive many, many things, but he cannot forgive someone who abandons their duty. And to Caden, Cerberus abandoned their duty to humanity when they exalted themselves above every other race. And that's not even mentioning the atrocities they committed against civilians, which Caden has a special hatred for. Yeah, there's also, I think, maybe, and tell me if I'm wrong, this dynamic where his background, he has justification to have like racist qualities because of abuse from a Turian, right? And he could have doubled down on that. He could have doubled down on his accidentally killing that Turian by saying things like, well, all Turians are scum. It doesn't matter anyway. Right. And he could have gone what's it's more like the Ashley route. It's not exactly the same thing, but more in that direction. But he doesn't. He turns the corner. He decides to do be the better man and decides to take other races as individuals who are some are good and some are bad and, or some do good things and some do bad things. Let's say it like that. But seeing somebody like the elusive man in a position of power, abusing that power for racist intent is probably very disappointing to him because he's like, take the higher ground, dude. Yeah. And I think he's also pretty pissed off about it because of the name it gives humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's actively trying to fight against that, that kind of uh, perception. And this isn't to say that Caden gives a pass to aliens uh, for their indiscretions. He doesn't whatsoever. And he really is not a fan of this, the Citadel Council, uh, especially throughout the, the events of Mass Effect 1. Um, so he, he, uh, he apologizes and comes around for certain things that he says to Shepard at different points, namely about Horizon and Mass Effect 2. Uh, but he doesn't, he never apologizes for his hatred and his bloodthirst for killing Cerberus. Mm -hmm. Uh, he doesn't feel bad about that. Yeah. That is at the very core of who he is. And so regardless of how you cut it, Caden has his own firm moral compass, be that right or wrong. Sure. And I'd argue that even with the way that Shepard can shape Caden's views through Paragon and Renegade development, that Caden might be the most grounded of any squad mate on the Normandy. He knows who he is and he knows right from wrong. So, you know, we were doing um, a D and D alignment things with previous characters. I'd say Caden is pretty squarely lawful. Good. Yes. Yes. According to his own justifications of what lawful is. And sometimes he takes that too far. Yeah. In fact, I think that's a common thing is this idea that like, if you are lawful good, then you have the right to smite evil even though the act of smiting is inherently dark. Yeah, I struggled with, you know, I was like, is he neutral good or is he lawful good? And, and ultimately, I think he's lawful good because someone that's mm -hmm. like neutral good would probably be more like Ashley. She doesn't hate the law. She doesn't hate the regulations and the way things are. But she also thinks that it sometimes gets in the way. Right. Right. Whereas someone chaotic good like Garrus thinks that all that does is get in the way. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Uh, so right. get Garrus out of my thinks, way. This system's like keeping me from doing the thing I need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Garrus Garrus believes he has the best interest at heart, but he thinks he should be allowed to pursue it, whatever the means, mm -hmm. because he believes that the ends justify the means. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I agree. Fit, and fitting with the theme of self-control and calm. Uh, have you ever noticed that his armor in Mass Effect 3 is blue? 
I think that was, uh, of course, blue is an alliance color, but I think it was also sure. pretty intentional. As like a calming, cool color. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Calming, cool color. Cool so, color, dude. So, you, you know, you've got this very honorable, good guy persona. And I think because of that, a lot of people think he can be manipulated easily. Mm-hmm. But I want to make one thing clear. And, and specifically, I'm talking about Udina in Mass Effect 3 promoting him to Spectre, obviously, as a, trying to use Caden as a tool. I don't think that that's Caden's fault, even if he was. I think Caden is smart enough to know when he is being manipulated, but I think that he has this uh, this outlook on, on life and the worldview that he's still going to do what he should do because his actions shouldn't be dictated by others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that it's right to blame Caden for being manipulated, as I don't think it's right to blame any victim of manipulation. Right. Blame the person doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, in just in even a bigger sense, making some, like, turning trustworthiness into a negative quality is dangerous. It's yeah. better to be more trustworthy than more, more trusting than more guarded in the long run. It is a very dark thing when you hear, and I've heard it from my own friends before, uh, any indication or suggestion that <laughs> you trusted that person, what a fucking idiot you are. That's a pretty dark yes. quality, I, and I very strongly advise anyone to avoid going down that path um, right. because you're not going to find any ounce of solace at the end of it. Right. If Um, you don't think you can trust anybody, then that is a very, very difficult stance to hold. And it's psychologically damaging to you. We are not built to not be able to trust people. Now you should be careful about who you trust. You shouldn't be overly trusting, but in general, you have to believe that you can trust the people close to you. Otherwise you can't actually function in society. But there is this archetype in in fiction of the uh, paladin who is so easily manipulated because he always does what's right. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's that's one of those things like this idea that like, oh, you're a goody goody. You're just going to believe anything they say. You're just going to go. You're an idiot. You're easy to convince. And sure, there are people who are like that, but there are also people who are more in line with Caden and Caden chooses the the higher path, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Mm. And because he's with he's fighting against his own demons, the things that he feels like he wants to do, but he knows he shouldn't in order to do the right thing. That takes more resilience and strength than it does going with what's easy and following a darker path. It's usually the dark path. That's the easy one. The the being the good guy is is hard. The standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves is hard. It's it's socially isolating. It's and in fact, that's that's why I think in literature and even in our own society, why people who tend to be more nefarious will make fun of the goody goodies because they're actually threatened by them. They're not threatened by other dark people because they can predict what those dark people are going to do. And those dark people are are dark people. These like nefarious individuals are actually easier to deal with than somebody who's a white knight. The white knight, like Caden, doesn't give up. They stand for what's right and they can't be manipulated or back down. That is a very threatening thing to somebody who's has nefarious intentions. So they have to paint it as something it's not. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. And so the easiest low hanging fruit is saying like, oh, what an idiot. Like if he's only if he's doing the right thing, it must be because he's an idiot. If someone says that to you, it says way more about them. Yes. Well, yeah, this is just one of those things in general. Anytime somebody decides to pin something on anybody else, they're saying more about themselves than they are the person they're talking about every single yeah. time. And you, I see that you see this on the Internet all the time. Well, you're an idiot because you believe that that game's actually good. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you said absolutely yeah. nothing about the person you're talking about. And you said everything about your own bias. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, pretty much. Well, and, I'm going to get off know, my uh, my white steed now. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And what's the weather like up there? Um, hey, and, and to all you who are listening to this and wondering why we didn't touch on the romance aspects of Caden on this episode, that's because we are devoting an entire episode to that. And we will have a special guest who can give the same level of passion for Caden as I did with Ashley. You're but. just going to leave it there. You're just going to not tell anybody who it is. I'm not. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep secret. it a surprise. It's a secret. Yeah. So, Whew. yeah, next, next week, we got the patron chat. Patron chat coming up. Come and join us if you'd like. You can always sign up on the, uh, the Patreon episode before this coming Friday, the 28th. So get on that if you're interested in joining us. We'd love to have you. We're all about building out the community and just being buds and enjoying the things that we nerd out about together. That's what, that's what this entire network is built about. So uh, awesome episode as usual. Sam, you got anything else you want to share before we head out? I am I'm streaming streaming Mass Effect on Saturdays. I'm getting very, very close to the end of my uh, FemShep playthrough. I had to take last week off uh, because I was visiting some friends and uh, my partner down in Oregon. But this Saturday, so we're airing this, we're recording this on Friday. Uh, so this will be Saturday the 22nd. I will be streaming and I think it's either going to be that stream or the next stream that I play the ending to my first Fimship playthrough ever. Nice. And jumping on the bandwagon of spooky games, I've also started streaming Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah, that's a good and one. Did you know you can play so that one in VR? I've been on this VR kick know. lately. That one <laughs> is like hide from the alien and sneak around because you're the only person left in the ship. It's basically Alien the movie, the video game, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, can you imagine doing that in VR? Like the thing, like I'm, you're standing there looking at one of those grates and then the alien comes like stomping by and sniffing at the grate in front of you and you're just like, oh my God. No, I, I'd rather keep my heart rate under 200. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've, I've, I've started to play the game and I'm, and I've very quickly realized that I can't brute force my way through a lot of the parts, but I, but I did successfully do the first part <laughs> nice. where the game was trying to kind of lead you down this linear path and I brute forced my way into somewhere I shouldn't have been, but that's just kind of how I play. And if you're interested in seeing that kind of thing, uh, then you can follow me at at in seven legend on Twitch and Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, B free says I should stream that on my next game stream. Um, I'll be back doing game streams next week. I've had other stuff going on this week, clearly uh, with foot injuries and my wife working from home and stuff, but I will be giving away a bunch of stuff. I've still have three lithographs for the Fallout 25th anniversary from Bethesda. Thank you, Bethesda. And $200 gift cards to the Bethesda shop. So if you like Fallout and Elder Scrolls and those games, Doom, any of that stuff, then come hang out on my streams, twitch.tv slash robots radio in the afternoons on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I'll be giving stuff away all week because I got to get it out by the end of the month. That's what I decided to do. So I'm going to stick to it. And uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of VR. I've got a new channel. Well, a new, I'm moving things over. I'm readjusting 
ingesting. I do too many different things and YouTube doesn't like it if you post too many things to the same channel. So I'm moving my fun videos where I'm like playing VR and my shorts and stuff all onto the Robots Run, Robots Radio Fun Stuff channel. So there's a link. I put it in the Discord. You can go check that out. If you like my funny stuff, go over there. If you like my news and commentary and reaction stuff, then go to the main channel. So that's a big update on my stuff. Um, but otherwise, thanks for being here, everybody. We look forward to t- chatting with you next week on the Patreon episode. Remember, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, Friday night, the 28th. We'll see you then. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.